listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I'm your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode 92. It was just a color. So to answer your question, no, we're not doing the turning this week. <laughs> yeah, no, we had the option because they both actually came out on the same day. But apparently it's a good thing that we didn't do the turning because it was... I heard it was uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. The ending was apparently super confusing and shit. And I heard, like, nothing about bad things. It's fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, on the flip side, we are going to be reviewing Color Out of Space today, which is uh, Richard Stanley's first uh, horror film that he's directed in, like, 20 years, or, like, more than 20 years. And uh, it's a new Lovecraft adaptation, so pretty exciting things just from those. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about it. A little later on in our main segment. Spoiler alert, he's making more of Craftian movies. Yeah, we're going to dive more into that here in uh, just a moment. But uh, first, as always, we do have to give a special shout out to our host network, Sports Radio Detroit. Yes, hello, you guys. And you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look up SRD, Sports Radio Detroit. And you can go check out the website at sportsradiodetroit.com. Check out some of the merch we got going on there too, you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a cool little uh, Fanatic sponsorship. So you guys can buy some stuff, support SRD, and support uh, Metro Detroit uh, sports teams as well if you're into that. Yes. So, uh, guys, as we do every week, we've got a bunch of news. Now, uh, there's some cool announcements, and uh, then there's some eh, okay trailers, but... Uh, there were actually more cool announcements. I guess if you're interested, they're redoing Anaconda. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's that. And this first one, though, is pretty cool. Why don't you tell us about this one, Sam? So they're doing another adaptation of uh, Who Goes There, which was the the book that The Thing and The Thing from Another World were you know, inspired by. And it was where they originated and uh now this one this new movie that's coming out is going to be another adaptation uh they had a an actual novel a full novel that they just you know that just came out of the blue uh frozen hell which is basically the full story and now they're gonna make a new the thing with all of these extras and all all of this backstory from frozen uh hell yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Honestly, you know, I know a lot of people are still kind of up in arms about it because we don't need a new thing or whatever. Uh, I am interested to see how it turns out because obviously, even in the thing, uh, there's a lot uh, that's mysterious about the entire situation mm-hmm. about the alien and all that, which which I think does work to its advantage, obviously. But if there's some cool context and, you know, some apparently vital backstory, you know, I guess it could be cool to see. But I think at the end of the day, it's still going to be the core thing, you know? 
So unless the, the rest of it is really substantial, I still think this is largely just, you know, a money grab. But oh yeah, with all the remakes and everything, and now that Frozen Hell just got unsurfaced or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. they're like, hey, why not make a movie about this? Next they're gonna find, like, an unabridged, like, H.P. Lovecraft fucking novel or a Stephen King unabridged novel, and they're just gonna be like, hey, let's do the Langoliers next, and I'm calling it. They're gonna do Langoliers, watch. <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, yeah, the one big thing for me is, like, well, where did they even discover this, you know, full thing? Because uh, uh, John W. Campbell, who uh, was the original author of the story, uh, I don't know if he called it Frozen Hell or if it was just who goes there. Um, you know, I don't know where they found this thing. So uh, I- I'm still excited for it, but there are definitely some questions that I guess I personally would like answered. Yeah. You know, because um, I just want to make sure that it's not like, hey, guys, what if we just, you know, add on some shit to the thing? and say that it was the the author's idea and let's make a bunch of money off of it yeah <laughs> you know that would know. suck but uh yeah we'll see i wonder if they incorporate any of like the prequel uh story into it we'll see but uh that's that's going to be coming out at some point and it's going to be coming from universal studios and blumhouse any thoughts on that it's a good collab i mean universal sometimes is you know they got their little blockbusters and stuff so i hope the thing would be a blockbuster because it would just be cool to get more eyes on that not a lot of people that are outside of the horror community ever even heard of the thing so yeah i mean it's still definitely a popular movie but uh you're probably right about that it is more of an iconic thing in the horror community yes but uh let's move on from that once there's more info we'll try and let you guys know Next up, uh, there was, of course, more remake news, but I wanted to, to highlight this because uh, Issa Lopez, who just did uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, which is a great movie, uh, is directing a brand new film called Book of Souls. And with a little help from Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. So actually, I'm not sure if he is working on Book of Souls, but she's also working on like another thing that he's uh, producing. So I think that that's the distinction. But, uh, I mean, they're both two cool ideas. The, the one with Del Toro is like a werewolf western. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I mean, it's unique. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> weird as in, like, I've never seen a werewolf western. Yeah. I, I think there was, like, this indie one that was kind of set in, like, a period with, like, a werewolf. But it was some, you know, indie, like, really low budget <laughs> thing so I, I never even saw it but um but the other one that she's working on is uh kind of kind of sounds pretty cool it, it's about um a world in which some babies are born without souls and a young pregnant mother is sent to this weird wellness center in the desert and is trying to develop a healthy baby that's really kind of it so it sounds like it's going to be some you know kind of more fantastical again i think there's going to be a cult and I think at the wellness center, and I think they're going to, like, eat the baby just because, like, the baby doesn't have a soul. Oh, they're going to be like, you know, if it doesn't have a soul, it doesn't count. And then they just kill the baby and eat it. I mean, it, it's an interesting premise, yeah. I wonder if it is going to be some crazy shit like that. It probably is, honestly. Yeah. There's always some, like, crazy twist or, like, crazy explanation. It's like, oh, uh, I need treatment for my anxiety. Now I'm going to go at this unorthodox new thing that they got oh no they're cutting off people's arms and sewing on butterfly wings some shit like <laughs> oh, that man. 
that would be something <laughs> uh don't steal my idea yeah i don't i don't know man i don't know if anyone can pull that off um but that's going to be coming out uh, again i don't think there's a firm date for that but uh she's got two things in production now next up uh, as you alluded to earlier uh-huh. uh, with us talking about color of space today more richard stanley news like you said he's going to be doing the dunwich horror next it's pretty cool uh first uh First, uh, on the mainstream wave, everyone's all Stephen King this, Stephen King that. Yeah. And now in the more low-key sector of horror, they have all these Lovecraftian adaptations. So I want to know what the hell is going on. Yeah, Lovecraft has always been kind of like a more, uh, I guess, art, not even artsy, but just just something that like, the blockbusters won't really touch out of fear that you know it'll drive people away and things like that. But it's really interesting stuff. And even even the movies that are kind of influenced by Lovecraft, but not necessarily set like, or not necessarily based on his actual books, uh, are pretty good. Like In the Mouth of Madness was awesome, and there are so many other films like Castle Freak is great. We'll talk more about that, but um, but I've always enjoyed those kind of movies just because they're not super in your face with exposition. They're always really kind of interesting, you know, feature like cool monsters and things like that so um i read like the premise of the tonwich horror and it sounds pretty cool so uh, i'm excited i am too honestly I'd, more lovecraft let's bring it to the mainstream because like that dude was fucking wild yeah i mean even now on amazon they sell the necronomicon which like some people say it's a hoax some people say it's supposed to be seen as a hoax but it's r- real like you know people are supposed to like and I just ordered actually uh, my Lovecraftian Necronomicon mm. literally um, probably five minutes ago. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's real, but I guess you'll find out. Well, yeah, I mean. But it, it is one of his uh, creations. If uh, Cthulhu comes, visits me during the night, we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll find out maybe next week. but um no it's it's still cool uh they're planning hopefully to start filming it uh i think before the end of the year which is pretty sweet so we might even see it you know 2021 early 2022 or something i want to see that yeah with what he did with uh color of space you know again we'll save that for the main discussion but uh i i am looking forward to it because just the premise sounds wacky and um, I think he could definitely pull it off. So, um, also they're going to be going back to Miskatonic University for the first time since Reanimator. So that's another <laughs> fun tidbit. Yep. So, uh, so that's that. Once we have more info, we'll uh, keep you posted. Now uh, for some trailers. Now uh, there weren't a ton of trailers this week, but I think for the most part these look pretty all right. The first is for this kind of weird supernatural revenge thriller called the dark red i was kind of interested in that one yeah it's uh it it looks pretty interesting i'm not exactly sure what's going on i don't know anything with cults is kind of interesting to me yeah and it it has been on kind of a trend recently too oh yeah i don't know i don't know if it's with like the i think apostle started all this shit recently (laughs) that movie was fire there have been some i mean there have been some cult movies scattered you know, here and there. I mean, even hereditary. I mean, technically, it really started with Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> yeah, we want to be technically. But you know, we would see you know a, a prevalent one maybe every couple of years or something. Mm-hmm. But recently, it's definitely 
been kind of growing. Um, this one kind of following suit, this cult kidnaps this woman's baby because it's got some kind of supernatural abilities passed down through like the bloodline. And then, uh, she goes away to some mental institution because she's screaming about cults, I guess. She breaks out and she goes after these people to get her baby back. Is essentially what I got from it, but uh, it does look well shot. It looks pretty tense. And it's uh, from uh, the co-director of The Signal, Dan Bush, which I've heard that movie is uh, pretty trippy and pretty good. So. The Signal. Yeah, I, I think that's the one with uh, Lawrence Fishburne in it. It's like the okay, sci-fi okay, thing. Yep. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix, so I want to watch it at some point. But the, the premise is pretty cool. You know, it's not like your typical uh, cult slash revenge movie, even though it's sort of like about, you know, kidnapping this kid or whatever. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that one's coming out March 26th on VOD and in limited theaters. Now, this next one is probably the craziest of the bunch. That's the one I really want to see. Uh, this one is called Vivarium, coming out March 27th, so the next day, on VOD. And it stars Emogen Poots and... Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I never know his name. I just, like, whenever I see him, I'm like, hey, it's dude from Superbad, and that's all I know him by. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I like him. He does some serious roles pretty well. I don't know if this is going to be more comedic. It looks really weird. <laughs> um, basically, they play this couple who show up in this, like, you know, housing development type of place, and, um, you know, it's like... It's like one of those Stepford Wives types of neighborhoods. Like, every house looks the same. Everybody looks the same. It is really way too nice. And you don't really see too many people during the trailer, though. Like, yeah. the salesman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really weird, and actually. Like, the kid that they appointed to them that grew over five feet tall in, like, 96 days. Yeah. That was... What the fuck is that about? Mutant children? Stepford kids. I mean, you even heard him at the end. But, yeah, basically, they play these parents. They get lost in this place. And then, like, they can't figure out how to get out. It just seems, like, endless. And they get, I guess, gifted this child. In a cardboard box. Yeah, and it's like, uh, if you if you raise him, then you'll be released or something like that. Yeah. And then there's just a bunch of strange stuff that's shown. So, I don't know how it all connects. I don't know what's going on. Kind of seems like some creepypasta shit, almost. Yeah. Uh, but... The concept of being stuck somewhere that seemed normal and then it kind of like changes and I don't know it's just a, that's kind of like a anxiety ridden situation for me so uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh, into into this one but yeah that's coming out March 27th finally a new vampire movie called Caleb is going to be coming out sometime this year there's no firm date yet but and they were all speaking in a European language that I could not... I'm guessing it's Romanian because, you know, Dracula and whatnot. Or it could be German. Yeah, we are the German vampires. We love the Rammstein. I want to say it, it might be Italian because it's like Alex D'Antona, Francesco Emulo, Rob Roberto D'Antona, something, and then a bunch of other actors. Is that Italian? I'm assuming. Yeah. But either way... uh. The trailer shows this woman who goes to this, you know, small little European village somewhere. Um, I think searching for her sister who went missing. And uh, people apparently didn't care enough to search more or something like that. So she goes on this journey uh, to this town and there's a vampire there. 
Uh, of course. Of course. More than that, I actually don't really know. There's just a bunch of, like, imagery and him biting yeah, people. And, like, some dialogue where they're just like, Und hyphen? And we're just like, yep, I'll speak that. Yeah. I mean, there are subtitles in the trailer, but, um, you know, it doesn't really give a lot away as far as, like, the plot goes. Yeah, no, so... I don't know, I'm interested to see that. The last, like, great vampire movie I saw was from The Dark. Oh, yeah. That one yeah, That good. one's on Shudder now, by the way. Yeah. Oh. But I own it, so it's okay. If you guys haven't seen that one, I definitely recommend it. I think it is really under the radar, but... It is, but it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way they use the lighting and everything in that movie is, is sick. This one kind of looks more of, like, uh... I, I don't want to say, like, a Dracula ripoff, but like they're definitely... St- stereotypical, uh castle in a european town type of ordeal harry potter-ish vibes you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah he's got like the brides and he dresses up like in that dark suit and he's got the pale face and everything like that so uh i I definitely see shades of of dracula as like influence in this movie so but i want to see how it all plays out because it looks like it could be interesting caleb is like dracula's stepson (laughs) maybe (laughs) Caleb, Caleb, don't go out there. <laughs> there are hunters. The Van Helsings. Speaking of which, you gotta watch uh, What We Do in the Shadows. That's a good one, too. I think I have it. Yeah. I'm I have sure. it, don't I? I? I'm pretty sure you do. I do. Watch it. Um, but, um, so, go check out Caleb. It's gonna be distributed sometime in 2020. That's all it says. But that's going to wrap it up here for the news this episode. Now, uh, stick around. Just a few minutes, we'll be back. And we're going to be talking about Richard Stanley's return to the horror genre with Color Out of Space. Stick around. We've got just a few messages from some other SRD shows. All right, Fred. So the people at Sports Radio Detroit want us to cut a promo for Parsons and Slow. Want them to cut me a check. For Parsons and Slow. Well, um, I've I've Googled some keywords, and I'm going to uh, put them here in a promo. So so here it goes. Ready, Fred? Yeah, uh, analytics away. Parsons and Slow. We have the content consumers crave. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available, or we'll kill you. We won't really kill you. Just listen to our podcast, brand new, every Friday on Sports Radio Detroit. Okay, I'm ready to do the promo. Oh, that was it. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know. He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talked so long about flea. I, I didn't know anybody had I, so many just, feelings. I do. So I, many. I feelings. got feelings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair. Your final word in pop culture relevance. Welcome back, fiends. So, as promised, today we are going to be discussing Richard Stanley's comeback to the horror genre, Color Out of Space, which is an adaptation of uh, the novella of the same name by H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. And we had to go to a specific theater to see it, 
had a real limited release, which I'm not sure because the budget was like six million. Mm-hmm. So far, it's like three hundred fifty-eight thousand it made. So I think it kind of sucks that it was just a limited release, but I'm sure it's gonna make more money off the Blu-ray sales. Well, I mean, they might actually be pushing it to a wider release. Be just, I think, because it didn't get released to a ton of theaters. So actually, the money that it made was pretty damn good for like the amount of theaters that it went into. There was like an article about it on Bloody Disgusting, I think. So nothing's been confirmed yet, but they were speculating like it might actually release wider, which would be cool. I think uh, I think it deserves it. I guess, you know, the reason why it was limited does kind of make sense. It's definitely not a movie for everybody. No, it's not. Um, I Spoiler alert, I thought it was actually... A great film. Same. But, you know, I can see how, like, the general audience would just go in there, and you know what they do. They sit there, they question literally everything that's happening in the movie, instead of actually, like, thinking about why things are framed, or or shot, or sound a certain way, or whatever, why characters act a certain way. Yeah, they don't really think about, like, the, the big things. Like, like you said, the camera work, and, like, why the characters are doing what they're doing. Like, for example... In the possession from 1981, we didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. But like the dude and his wife are going through it, and then in one shot, it shows him and his wife in two different rooms, separated by a wall. It's supposed to show their like emotional like mm-hmm. w- wall with each other and their disconnect to their relationship and all that. And like a lot of movies do that, like with with the camera work, the like how they shoot and what they shoot is supposed to have some meaning behind it, but. Uh, people aren't like really that like smart to get things like that, you know. So yeah, I mean, and you know, it's not to have like an elitist attitude or anything. No, it's not. It's just like, all right, you don't get it. That's not your thing. You're not smart yeah. in that category of cinema. Like, yeah, you don't understand metaphors like, like the movie Mother. People be like, no. oh, that movie's trash. But like, it was an allegorical film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously there are things that you can understand or respect more if you watch a lot of movies or if you're kind of like a cinephile or you study film and technique you know things like that but um i still think that this was very enjoyable and i think it is somewhat accessible to people just because uh, you know sci-fi kind of it because of its nature is supposed to be weird right it's yeah. supposed to kind of introduce like thoughts and concepts that you normally like don't think of exactly and that are hard to grasp and that's a big thing with lovecraft too so that was why i was excited about it was just because i wanted to see uh what could become of this movie like how how weird it was going to be you know whether it was going to make me like question things and stuff like that i mean i knew we were going to like it within the first honestly 10 minutes yeah the fucking little voiceover and then like the the panning shot of like all of that, the forest and shit, and then the girl doing, like, some archangel ritual from the Necronomicon so her mom doesn't have cancer anymore. Yeah. No, I I actually liked the beginning a lot. It definitely played out like a book. Yeah. And I haven't haven't ever read The Color Out of Space. I actually haven't really read a ton of Lovecraft stuff personally anyway. But, uh, you know, I know, like, the general, like, Cthulhu and the great old ones and that, you know, that there are these certain like cities where this all takes place and you know things like that but i've never read the story and i can only assume that like what he's saying at the beginning and kind of how it plays out is probably like the intro from the story 
Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But if so, then I think that's pretty cool to incorporate the story in that way. But uh, the cinematography right off the bat was beautiful. I can tell that, you know, whoever was DPing this knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, even just like the the soundtrack, the sound design, the score at the beginning with like that kind of eerie quietness and everything was uh, very effective. So um, it, it did seem kind of artsy, but I knew that I was going to like it pretty much immediately. I don't think it was too artsy. I mean, it's Lovecraft. It's supposed to be weird. There's supposed to be weird dialogue even like when they all started getting affected by the the color like they were all like what they were saying to each other was just so like awkward at times and it was like you felt like you were like on acid or that's what it's like they're literally talking to each other like like they're on acid like none of this stuff really makes like too much sense and it's just that like weird fucking dialogue like like damn someone wrote this down and had them say it you know what i mean like it's just it's it's probably what people would say to each other if they were like, you know, it, it's it's just like two schizo people talking to each other. It mm-hmm. seemed like at times when they were all under the influence of that, of the meteorite. Yeah, no, they were definitely slowly going crazy, but uh, it was kind of cool to see because, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the dialogue didn't feel like it, it would naturally kind of flow from like a regular person. Yeah, it, it didn't, yeah. It, but it didn't seem forced either. It just seemed like. It was legit dialogue. It was like, it was good acting. Like they were really interacting with each other and talking, but it just seemed like something was off. Like you could mm-hmm. tell that like they were starting to become extremely influenced by whatever force had crashed down onto their little farm or whatever. Yeah. Alpaca uh, farm. <laughs> Alpaca farm. Yeah. So it, I guess some background. I mean, the original story is actually set in, I think in like the uh, late 80s or maybe even the late 1880s. I'm not exactly sure, but um, it's not, like, modern. Obviously, it was written in, like, the 1920s or something like that. So, I think it was the late 1880s. But, um, you know, obviously, this was before, like, you know, phones and all that kind of stuff. So, the dialogue, everything pretty much in this movie that kind of happens is set what we can assume is modern day. So, uh, you know, the, there, there are those differences. But the original story is basically the same. Uh, some of the family number, members have different names and stuff, but same thing happens. Meteor crashes onto this farm with this family kind of living. It's, you know, it's out in the woods. It's very uh, rural, you know, not a lot of people around. And this uh, indescribable color starts kind of sweeping over their land and changing like the flowers and changing the animals and things like that. And this family gets affected by it that's the general premise and this one is kind of different because not only is nick cage in it yeah and he's bad you know, shit. <laughs> he's fucking crazy um but they're raising alpacas for some reason to to farm them for their milk and uh, i don't know it's just it's hilarious and he's like a gardener the last name is gardener so he's gardening you know <laughs> nick cage said he would never turn down any role and we're seeing that now like with mandy i guess mm-hmm. i think they approached him for that he didn't be like he wasn't like hey can i be a part of this film so mandy color out of space and doesn't he have another movie coming out uh i think he's got more stuff in the works but he also did mom and dad too oh yeah i forgot yeah. about that he one was, he was he i really saw one. a resolution to that uh yeah i don't know i like the movie though i mean he was great in it <laughs> kind of like the crazies or some shit 
Yeah, it essentially was kind of like that. So he's been accepting like a lot more of these. I mean, I guess he accepts any role, but he's definitely settled into this like weird kind of trippy sci-fi horror type of thing. I think he enjoys it, honestly. Oh yeah, he just go he can just go crazy. <laughs> he can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> um apparently Richard Stanley wanted to direct him like his performance in uh, Vampire's Kiss. Which I don't know if you've ever seen that, but mm-hmm. that's where that meme originates from, where it's like Nick Cage at the desk and he's going like, "Oh yeah, like yeah, that. I know that meme. I was just thinking about that." <laughs> that's that's a, uh, from that movie, I believe, and uh, he just has like super fucking wacky, like batshit crazy performance because I think he thinks that he's turning into a vampire. So, yeah, it's it's really wild, but he definitely brings his own style of energy to this movie. So I think by his inclusion, it's kind of more funny just because he's so out there and his performance and character is so out there. Um, Some people think that he talked like Donald Trump or something when he was like impersonating his dad. It's just that kind of weird shit. But, um, you know, the story itself, I don't think is meant to be super funny, but this movie definitely had some comedic elements, which I think worked. They did work. They weren't too forced any of that. And. It uh, it was disturbing enough to not be like, the comedy did not overshadow the horror. Uh, it worked like comedy does in real life. Funny things happen, even in disturbing and serious situations. And uh, like I said, it did not uh, the minor comedy here and there did not overshadow like how disturbing it was. I it's hard not to give spoilers without yeah. talking about the disturbing, but the fusion uh, uh. that really fucked with me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, up until the end when then it like, was all evil and shit, and I was, like, trying to eat her, you know, and I was like, yeah, you guys won't know what I'm talking about, but shit went down. Yeah, honestly, like, I think some people were maybe a little turned off by the length. I didn't think it was too bad. Um, honestly, I thought once the meteor landed and things kind of started seeming off about, like, the characters and about what was going on. It has to slowly pick up. It's not going to yeah. be, like... A balls out roller coaster ride. I mean, it it was it was a deliberate pace, but I don't think it was boring or anything because literally no, everything that was happening was got well. weirder and weirder and weirder, and yeah. you could tell that you know it was off. Like just like just by the dialogue and what the characters said they were going mm-hmm. through. Like I said, like it, it, it's just how the movie is. Like, and I don't understand like the problem with people have with like pacing and stuff. Like, oh, the movie's too long. Well, if it hasn't gotten its point across. And every major thing that was supposed to happen that led up to the final resolution didn't happen, then it wouldn't make much fucking sense now, would it? Like, yeah. take take Michael Stock and the babysitters out of, like, the majority of the film in Halloween and just have it. He follows Lori, and then Lori just finds bodies, and then he just chases her, and that's the climax. Like, yeah. well, you have to build up to the climax. Like, it's if you want, like, nonstop jump scares, like, go fucking watch The Conjuring and Insidious and... All those cookie cutter the, paranormal well, those activity Those are the people movies. that are like, the curse of La Llorona was great. Yeah. It's like, nah. It was not corny. Really, not really. You know, this one I think had a great buildup. And the cool thing, honestly, was once everything kind of started happening, your own perception of like the characters and time and things like that was skewed. Like yeah, you didn't really know, you know, what led from one thing to another and you don't know like how much time passed but every scene after that you could see like the color 
you know yeah yeah like uh expanding more like its influence was taking over more and more exactly and then these really weird things started happening so i think it was actually built up yeah super well um i love the way that they they showed it with the visuals too you know just like his his garden his land growing more you know pink or whatever (laughs) um but the more you saw that the 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 weirder things started happening and you could kind of tell that it was all coming to a head you know and then by the end of it it was just super out there i like that it wasn't like too explicit on stuff either on like why everything's happening what this thing is there wasn't like a whole lot of exposition and thank god for that i agree it's just the color out of space yeah literally and you know that that's one thing that i think works for this movie as a lovecraft adaptation too um because i mean you've seen other things based off of lovecraft you know and you know they're all fucking weird they are um but it, they're also kind of unexplained like it's yeah. really just people s- stuck in these situations or they're going after the you know this uh this god or something like that but there really isn't a whole lot given to like you as you know the reader or the viewer because uh lovecraft's whole thing kind of his sort of overarching you know sort of like cosmic shit or whatever and i was just like reading about it kind of earlier today was really that like people are meaningless and worthless in the grand scheme of everything that's going on and that you know really like what's happening to people or what they try to do in the face of all this stuff is insignificant and and that's how i felt during this movie yeah it, it was kind of like a hopeless movie and i also like the fact that they weren't too explicit on whether uh, her rituals had anything to do yeah. with the meteorite. Because the, the daughter was doing rituals because she wanted to get rid of her mom's cancer. It's not a spoiler. It's just, fuck yeah, you if you think it. it is. It's just what happens. And then that's when the weird shit starts going down. And then she does another ritual. Mm-hmm. And then shit gets even wilder. I guess it's like sped up the process. But I think Loki, her, her fucking with the Necronomicon did all that because initially she wished her mom's cancer away and then that meteor showed up and then we know everything that happened that would be interesting because uh that's like a real like you know deal with the devil kind of deal it's like Mm. hey i wish for a lot of money and then all of a sudden like you're just driving in a truck with stolen money and there's police cars after you it's like the worst possible way for your wish to come true no that's true uh, you know, the, I mean, again, the whole thing kind of ended up being like, you're not really supposed to mess with things that you don't know anything about. Yeah. And, um, and she does apparently, again, I haven't read the original story, so I don't actually know if, if anybody in there like reads from the Necronomicon or does any of that stuff. So it's kind of a cool inclusion. I think some people were a little thrown off by her being like Wiccan or whatever. It's like, well, why does that matter? But if if she did kind of put everything into motion that, that would make sense it would yeah it's just that, like cool how is how are these whatever this witchcraft you're doing how's it supposed to know exactly what you want and you're like oh um i wish my dog was still alive and then you get a zombie dog trying to eat you and, or you're like oh i wish uh, i wish i don't know i wish i didn't i wasn't balding or whatever and then mm. all of a sudden like you're a werewolf you no. know what i mean <laughs> it's like that type of stuff yeah or like, you have to specify exactly what you want to happen in like yeah in, in like black magic and all those things like I've, I've done my shit like you really have to specify like very explicitly 
you you can't just be like i wish barnabas wasn't sad anymore or whatever and then all of a sudden not only are you not sad you're dead yeah like right. you just get killed by a train <laughs> it's like yeah well, he's not, not sad, sad anymore <laughs> he's in spirit heaven or yeah. whatever the fuck and it's like you have to specify it. And I think I think the Necrocom- Necronomicon had everything to do with what happened in this movie. I've been thinking about it the past week. Yeah. It's been bothering me. No, I mean, you very well could be right. Because that's kind of the sort of power that it has in, I think, the whole, like, Cthulhu mythos and everything. You know, that it's, it's used mainly by these, like, you know, followers and, like, cults and stuff. Fucking Randolph to, Carter. <laughs> yeah, to, to summon he was the goat. these things. He was. He was I a think great that protagonist. Ma- <laughs> Randolph Carter, um, Ash from Evil Dead. I think those two, in like a Lovecraftian movie, would be awesome. Like I'd a love crossover thing. Yeah, I'd love to be Randolph Carter. So yeah, any independent movie listeners, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so let's do it. Let's I think you have Randolph to consider Carter. the their original guy too, because he was great. Just the oh way God, that he's he- so old now. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Like probably like, like 60 something he was probably in his like mid-20s when they did unnameable and that was in the 80s yeah that's crazy but i mean speaking of which i think everybody in this movie does does a good job we kind of talked about the performances before yeah, everyone but... did well the dialogue was super weird and they made it seem real like this is really what people kind of losing their minds would kind of say to each other as we said earlier yeah no i agree completely the whole the whole crazy aspect of the like the the whole color influencing their personalities and everything like that worked i think super well you could see like that slow decline in their mental states and things like that and some of them were affected more than others but well i won't go on but uh i think that was done really well so i think the writing in general was actually pretty solid some people had a problem with some of the dialogue and the kind of over the topness of like nick cage's performance and things like that i don't think there was anything over the top but yeah i I think it totally worked in in the context of what this particular adaptation was trying to do uh apart from that the visuals were amazing i think even the special effects uh were very good I, i think that there were great practical effects too this movie uh married you know those two uh really quite well and um, this, the sound design, the score were also amazing. Yes. Especially toward the end. Like I was literally having like kind of anxiety, not only because of what I was seeing, but because of how, scene? yeah, that and pretty much everything else. Like once the, the boominess of the sound design kind of kicked in and everything pretty much all the way up, you know, through the end of the film, I thought the, the sound design, everything was very kind of alien and, and unnatural. So that worked really well for me so i i really enjoyed the entire experience and it was, it was it was exactly that it was an experience i knew exactly what we were getting into uh i never read the book i just i just had that one of those you know you have a feeling before you go see it especially if a movie is like really like marketed as being like trippy and honestly if it's lovecraftian it's gonna be like trippy anyways mm-hmm. or like either like super demonic or super like esoterically weird and it's gonna have all these weird elements and i knew we were in for a trip color out of space i knew there was gonna be trippy visuals i knew there was gonna be like borderline nonsensical dialogue when she started hitting the fan and that's exactly what i wanted to see i was in my zone i loved the movie i felt i was my body was releasing dopamine as i'm watching it (laughs) 
and I was uh, drinking my cherry iced tea, mm-hmm. and it was like a great experience. I'm definitely gonna go back to that theater to go see more independent if they have more horror films as well. And uh, honestly, you guys should give this movie a shot. Like, if, if you're one of those horror fans, like I like Jason and Freddy, and I don't like movies that you got to think. I just mm-hmm. want mindless violence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I get it. I think some people are definitely just way too ADHD or just too attached to old school stuff. I think, you know, if something looks even remotely out of the norm for them or what they're used to, they just won't even give it a chance. But, you know, there have been uh, good reviews going around about this movie. I think people who actually like follow the horror genre and in general, you know, enjoy horror and, and weirder stuff. Um, I think they'll go and probably try and seek this movie out. If it does get a wider release, that's great. More people can be exposed to it. And I really hope it goes down as kind of a a cult classic. You know, people want these type of movies where, you know, not everything is fed to them on a silver platter and it's not just all stupid shit. You know, it's actually filmed well, produced well, has good visuals, is fucked up. And this is pretty much all of those things, you know. So I think that this will make people happy. Um, I did want to ask one of the last kind of things. One of the main criticisms I heard is that the characters and stuff uh, end up not like seeming important. Like you shouldn't invest in them or that, you know, they don't really flesh them out enough. What do you, what do you think about that? Yes and no. I don't think the main focus is supposed to be how much you care for these characters. The only, I mean, I, I guess you're supposed to care about them like, the mom has cancer whatever and the daughter is like distraught the kid's a pothead and the dad's Nicolas Cage so um I mean they I mean there is kind of like character development here and there when he's talking like to his wife oh you look even more beautiful now da 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 and then like it makes you think like oh if shit hits the fan he's still gonna be like right by her side no matter what he loves her and then shit hits the fan and it goes the way that you wouldn't even expect it to go yeah no, I agree, actually. I mean, the whole, like, alien feel of the color and just everything that's happening kind of takes those things and flips them on their head because that's really the whole point of the story. You know, it's this kind of nihilistic, unexplainable kind of horror that uh, really can be fleshed out in, in any possible way. So you have these characters. Yes, they're, they're the kind of the focus, but the the point really look at all this shit happening yeah to them. and especially since the lovecraft thing it's really just like well here's this thing that fell out of the sky here are these humans humans suck they don't matter what are they gonna do <laughs> and that's really kind yeah, of yeah that's kind of depressing but i mean yeah the main focus isn't even supposed to be you're not even supposed to be like oh these this family you're supposed to be like what is that thing why are they acting like this did the book do that What's doing that? Why did that thing drop from the sky? Why? What's up with this mutant shit that's going on right now? Why is everyone crazy? What's that mosquito doing? You're literally supposed to question all of that mm-hmm. stuff. You're not supposed to be like, oh, the family. I didn't really care about them. Like, it. That's just what it's happening. Like, to yeah. You're supposed to figure out the it. You're supposed to think about that. Like, what's happening to them? Mm-hmm. The what, and the why, not the who. You see the who. You know the who. They're you. Like, that's who they are in this movie. This is supposed to be you. Yeah. 
Like th- those people are supposed to be a reflection of the audience. Like, hey, here's you guys, mm-hmm. and here's me, HP Lovecraft. Fuck you guys, and fuck me too, because I don't even know what this thing is. Basically, that's the whole movie. And I think, yeah, I think it, <laughs> I think it accomplishes that perfectly well. <laughs> I mean, that's that's essentially it. Yeah, it's like fuck you, you don't matter. Fuck me, I don't matter. And here's those feelings mm-hmm. personified into a color out of space. This the color out of space is the fuck you and the you don't yeah. matter. <laughs> and the us is the people in the movie. The meteorite yeah. is just the fuck you. But you know why? <laughs> because because that's why. That's a because, because you can't do anything, that's why. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, the it's guy who can depressing. It, it, it really is, yeah. That guy was fucked up <laughs> the guy that kind of racist the, well he was <laughs> i mean bro shub niggeros species yeah speciesist almost but you're, you're right i mean no he had that reputation but the guy that actually took over his work uh whose name escapes me now actually i'm sorry but um he i think his name was august del del something but uh he started actually writing and introducing more stories that kind of had more feelings of like hope and uh, things like that. That's not what we want. But no, this is is definitely not that. So to kind of go into Color Out of Space, expecting this like really uh, substantial character development and these interactions and things like that, that's not what you're going to get. Just imagine the characters are you mm-hmm. and the premise is fuck you. Yeah, that's, basically. That's what that is. It's basically, yeah. You fuck have, you because you, you suck and you're not shit. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. I don't care if you're Donald Trump. I don't care if you're George Washington. I don't even care if you're fucking Abraham Lincoln. You're this thing. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Here's the fuck you in the form of something from somewhere else. And what are you going to do? You can't do anything because you suck. Yeah, it's very existential. <laughs> it's kind of realistic. Basically, we, yeah, like we don't fucking, there's no point. We mm-hmm. don't matter. Whatever happens to us, oh well, because we suck. Yeah. So in in that respect, I think it's a great Lovecraft adaptation. Uh, looks phenomenal, sounds great, well acted. So this movie gets a big uh, thumbs up from me, and and I assume you as well. Oh, yeah, two thumbs and two big toes up. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, fuck you. You don't matter. <laughs> Watch this movie because even if you don't, I still fuck you. You <laughs> you suck still. If you see this or you don't, you don't matter. According to Lovecraft. Of course, according to if you even I don't care if you're the head operator. I don't care if you own Home Depot. I don't care if you own Walmart. I don't care if you're in the judicial branch <laughs> if of you're the government. The, if, if you're that one guy who owns a blockbuster still, kudos to you. Yeah, kudos to you. You're the only cool one left. You're keeping you're keeping uh, realness alive. Mm-hmm. But everyone else like I don't care. Fuck you. You own Kellogg's? <laughs> Fuck you. Here's here's the demon meteorite. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh oh, you are? Let me just read this book and send something your way. <laughs> fuck you. That's that whole, the whole Necronomicon is just a big fuck you. That's how I think. That's how we, we should feel about <laughs> ourselves. We should be nice to everyone because we're all the same shitty species. But hey, fuck you. I mean, we get more interesting stories out of it, to be yeah. honest. Um, so, all right. Uh, obviously, we care about you, the listeners. Yeah, but fuck you, though. <laughs> but according to Lovecraft, way, fuck you. Yeah. Nice way, fuck I'm, you. I'm Lovecraft right now. <laughs> I've channeled his spirit. Perfect. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but thanks for buying my books. I didn't want these to be made into movies. Why are you doing this? Fuck you. Uh, yeah, I don't even think he ever anticipated that this would happen. But yeah, why are you happening. guys doing this? I like the movies, but hey. Darker <laughs> yeah, tone. Fuck you. 
I hate you all. More nihilistic. I don't care if you read my books. <laughs> They're good books. That's all I care about. All I care about is that I wrote good books. I don't care if you read them because you don't matter. He died super early too, so it's not like he really could have done much. I think in his lifetime, his legacy was pretty much nothing, which is kind of sad, but at the same time, yeah, I doubt he gave no, a shit. Oh, but now he's a goat. <laughs> now now he's... People talk about Stephen but, King, no. Dean Koontz, fucking... Yeah, what, what's the dude that... The Pendulum? Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, Lovecraft. Lovecraft is an OG, for sure. I'm excited to see more Lovecraft stuff, honestly. I'm glad that there's more Lovecraft based and influenced things coming out so i'm excited to see the dunwich horror go see color of space it was awesome and you're just space trash remember <laughs> but even space trash can go uh check us out on social media facebook and instagram at grave discussions and twitter at grave disc srd and you can also uh, visit our website gravediscussions.net for all of the latest spooky stuff so uh i think that's going to wrap it up here we've talked about color of space i definitely recommend it um but that's going to be our time for today okay boils ghouls and space garbage (laughs) spoiler alert all three are the same people we will see you next week on hp grave discussions This has been an SRD production.